Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to the Urban Wire, brought to you by the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers.
who's in charge of the girls? Say, I'm in charge of the girls. Say, what? Who's in charge of the girls? Say, I'm in charge of the girls. We do it big on UCOFWW.com. So get on it, get with it, and get with the program. Now, we are here with episode episode 33. You know I'm crazy. I ain't got no sense. With the Urban Wire. You know, I have to bring y'all in with some uh, Miss J, who's in charge of the girls, because we're going to be talking to the girls tonight. But, you know, we're going to get to that later on. We got a jam-packed show tonight. We got a lot to discuss. We have um, some special guests that will be coming through tonight. And um, Joe will be at the top of the hour, um, between 11 and 11.15. And, of course, as always, we start off the show with the Mega Mix. You know, we're going to have Miss DeAndra come through. We're going to have Michael come through. Ain't no telling who we're going to have come through tonight. Like I said, you know, with the Urban Wire, you never know what what's going to happen. So, you know what I'm saying? So we're going to jump into a little bit of music tonight. But before we do, I just want to tell you what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about some serious things. We're going to talk about some fun things. But um, I really want to get on the uh, credit rating and um, about what's been going on with that. We're going to talk about racism today. So, you know, um, if that's if, that, if that's the topic that you can't handle, then this is not a show for you. But if you're ready for a respectful dialogue, an informative dialogue, where we can all learn from each other and we can all converse in a respectful manner, then this is the show for you. Um and uh, we're also going to talk to the vice president of Pride, Black Pride, which will be taking place this weekend, which is actually taking place this week. But the main festival will be taking place Saturday at, I believe, um can't remember the name of the park, but it's off of 30th and Rural, Oscar. I think it's the Oscar Robertson Park. But we'll get more details on that a little later. Also, we're going to talk about um, an innocent man that was killed in Mississippi by a group of racist teenagers. We will talk about that because we will, yeah, we got the clip for you. And, honey, we're going to be reading. Yeah, we're we going to be doing some reading tonight. Okay, we're going to read these. Okay, I'm going to leave that one alone. Also, we're going to touch on the riots in Europe, and um, and DeAndre's going to come in. Hopefully she'll have a review for us for the Basketball Wives and all the other, you know, reality shows that's on the scene. Then we're going to get on Miss Fantasia. Now, you know we talked about her months ago, but we're going to have to read her because really she is just doing the most right now. So um, we're going to talk about Miss Fantasia. And we're just going to have a good show. So we're going to jump into our mega mix, you know. You know, I'll get prepared. You know, I'm trying to get, you know, everything lined up and everything. So we're going to jump into, we're going to do a little Monica Missy uh, mix right now. So uh, for those who would like to call in, feel free to call in at area code 646-915-8200. Or if you would like to join our chat, just go to um, blogtalkradio.com and search, um, you know, you can create a little quick account, you know, a quick account, and then just look us up at UCOFW and jump in the chat room. 
Um, I'm about, I'm about to officially open up the chat room. But like I said, um, feel free to call us directly at 646-915-8200 if you have an opinion on any of the topics that I just mentioned or if you have something that you would like to talk talk about. And later on when we have our guests on, I'll mention the number again. Um, if you have any questions, um, you can hit us up. We're also on YouTube at youtube.com slash UCOFW. We have a group page on Facebook. Um, just search UCOFW, um, and that stands for the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. But this particular podcast, um, we, we we called it the Urban Wire, and it's pretty much, you know, an extension of the Urban Coalition of Freelance Writers. So just go on Facebook, look us up, and you, that way you can keep and you know keep up with the updates of the show and what we what we plan on doing and new videos and everything. So definitely um, hit us up. We're still working on the website. Just want you guys to know that. Um, we're hopefully going to have a release party by the end of the year. I will keep you posted on that. Um, and that's about it. So we can go to um, some Missy and some Monica, and then we'll be back. We're going to you know, mix it up for a little bit, you know, and then we'll be back around 11, and we'll be ready to kick off the show. Hey, yo, Mo, open up the door, man. I'm sorry, baby. Hey, man, open up the door. You got these dogs out here. They about to bite me poodles and, and rabbits and all of that. Open up the door, man. I'm sorry, man. I love you. Funny how the tables turn, 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 turn. I 
are back on air, and we will be getting to our uh, special guest here in a few moments. But right now, I want to go to the lines really quick. We have another caller. Um, area code three one seven eight two eight. Um, do you have a question or a comment? Hey, brother, it's Jr. I'm just uh, listening in. Just, just uh, started the call. Listening in right now. All right. Well, we appreciate you um, listening in. We we really gonna have some good topics that we're gonna discuss tonight. Um, coming up here at the eleven o'clock um, hour, we're gonna have the vice president of Indian the Black Pride and Jonathan Hunt. They call this uh, tricky. That's his that's his nickname. We're gonna get some information about Indian the Black Pride. And how you can, uh, you know, there's a lot going on this weekend, so we're going to get the 411 on that. Also, we're going to be discussing several issues that have happened here in the past month. One of which, last minute, is later with the reviews on basketball wise. Still fine. 
trying to lease or trying to rent, I'm trying to own it, yeah. This time I'll make my move, this time I'll show and prove, prove that I'm really We are back, um, and we are about to jump into our special um, interview for tonight. Um, but before we do, we're going to go to the lines. We have another caller. Um, 
four four four. Is this is this Deandra? Yes, indeed. All right, girl. Welcome to the show. You are just in time. We're about to bring our special guest on tonight, the vice president of Indiana Black Pride. Um, evening, and um, how are you this evening, sir? Very good. How are you doing? Well, we understand that um, Indiana Black Pride is just that time of year, and you know, great going on. There's a lot of good things happening in the uh, Indianapolis area this weekend as it pertains to the uh, the gay black culture, you know, of, of Indianapolis. So, can you tell us? Um, first of all, tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, gay pride and um, the gay black pride, tell us. The uh, uh, historical legacy it has had in uh, Indianapolis. And, uh, yeah. Well, the Indiana Black Pride is in its seventh year of operation. Uh, we started it four seven years ago, and uh, we've been doing it every year since then. We are a grassroots organization that's dedicated to nurturing and fostering relationships between gay, black, uh, lesbian, transgender. Uh, and bisexual individuals. Uh, on our so, uh, event as, go ahead. I'm I'm kind of getting a little bit of feedback there. Yeah, I'm about to mute the lines and I'll bring in the um, callers in a little bit. Okay, there we go. Okay, that's all good. Okay. Okay, for those who don't know much about, um, you know, your, your particular organization, can you tell us um, what do you guys do year-round to promote, um, you know, a positive message within the GLBT community? What do you do besides, you know, this particular week, you know, that we all know about? Like, how do you give back to the community throughout the year? Well, we work with many organizations throughout the year, such as IYG, which is Indiana Youth Group, we do some things with Brothers United, and um, this year our primary our primary thing has been our event coming up this weekend. But in the future years, uh, as far as next year, we're planning on putting on more educational events, um, doing more with the gay youth, and um, just finding many different ways to unify our community here in Indianapolis. Right. Um, as we as you know, and anybody that's really been with you know that's involved in the uh, GLBT community, particularly you know African Americans and Latinos and minorities, with like I like I always say, minorities and minorities, we do know that there's a problem um, with the increase of certain um, sexually transmitted diseases such as um, HIV, AIDS, and syphilis. So how how does your organization um, um, help in Fighting that uh, this epidemic, and how do you um, try to reach out and educate people? Um, and like, do you offer resources where people can get tested, where people can, you know, um, go if they have certain questions about, you know, issues or whatever? Um, so, how do you guys um, educate the community as far as those um, issues are concerned? Well, we work very closely with the Marion County Board of Health. And we, uh, at many of our events, we offer 
testing through the Marion County Board of Health. They'll actually be at our park event this year, uh, this Saturday, the 13th, at Oscar Charleston Park, and they'll be doing testing uh, there as well. Uh, we also work with Brothers United, who that's their main their main mission there is to uh, HIV and AIDS prevention and care coordination. So uh, we don't actually do the testing ourselves, but we just work with a lot of organizations that provide those services, and we try to steer everyone in the right direction when that subject matter comes up. Right. So um, as far as this week's, um, you know, festivities are concerned, like can you give us some highlights of things that will be taking place in the city? All right. Well, actually tomorrow night uh, on Friday we'll be starting off our weekend with a panel discussion and a literary event at the 10 nightclub, and I'm actually down here at the 10 right now talking to you from the 10. Okay. Um, that's going to be a free event, and it's going to be from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, we'll have our, our our panelists will include um, Robert Ferguson. He'll be discussing topics of religion. We'll also have Crystal Stewart and Noel. Uh, her last name escapes me at the moment, but they'll be discussing uh, mm-hmm legal issues and finance issues, which is something that we definitely need to be more educated on as a community as a whole. Um, right. So pretty much this is going to be, so pretty much this whole week of events is going to be not only just about the fun and entertainment, but it's going to be a whole, like an entire holistic thing where we can enrich our minds and enrich our, you know, learn about our finances and health and all that so am I correct in assuming that? Yes, you're definitely correct in assuming that. That's a part of our mission, to provide educational experience as well as fun parties and, and social events. Uh, where we, so as far as the social events are concerned, um, you know, for the crowds that are definitely into that, um, what do you guys have to offer this weekend, and what are some fun events that people can attend, um, you know, as far as nightlife is concerned? Well, for the party people, on Saturday night, we've got two parties, actually. Um, All right. Starting early at 10 p.m., we'll be at Zoni's Closet over on East Washington Street, where we'll be hosting Mariah Balenciaga from RuPaul's Drag Race Season 3. Uh, mm, all right. A special thing. I'm sorry? I said, all right, all right. All right. She'll be doing a special <laughs> show that night at uh, Zoni's Closet, as well as making a cameo appearance on our stage show uh, at the park Saturday afternoon. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and for those who gonna, are interested in attending that, is there a cost for that? There is a cost for the uh, for the Zodi's Closet event. It is fifteen dollars at the door, or you can purchase a a table or a seat for twenty five dollars a seat, which will guarantee you a spot to sit and enjoy the show, and it will also get you a meet-and-greet with Mariah Balenciaga herself after the oh. after her performance. So, in other words, if you want to, you know, I'm going to let y'all know now, uh, if you want to get in there, I'm going to tell you, it's, I, I can already tell, it's going to be a big event, so you might want to just get your VIP seat. Um, like you said, it might be in, might end up being standing room only, so definitely take advantage of that. So, you said after that, there's going to be another party, at the Ugly Monkey, which that's down, um, I believe that's down off of, is that up near South Street, I believe? That's at, at South and Illinois, right there on the corner. Okay, okay. okay. And so what time does that, that start? 
that starts at 10 o'clock, and uh, the admission for that event is only $5 all night long. Well, it may go up as the night gets as the night gets popping, so you might want to get there early for that. Um, we're also that that one's being hosted by John Boy Productions, who is a great ally of uh, Indiana Black Pride. He's put together a great package for us at the uh, Ugly Monkey, which is a new party space for the gay folks. Um, and that's going to run till 3 a.m. Got lots of space in there, and there's also a huge patio outside. So if you want to get outside and dance, that's what's up with DJ EK will be there, which he's changed now. He's DJ EVE. So we're going to rock it out that night. All right. And that's, that was one question I was going to ask you about, you know, because I know you guys were holding that um, event at the Ugly Monkey. So they are now more of a diverse crowd, and they're open to the uh, – you know the whole entire gay scene now. They are. They're very. They're very accommodating and so ready to work with us. They're so ready to embrace our community, and I'm just very, very excited for a place that's absolutely known as a straight bar to open its doors to the gay community and be so ready to to accept everyone in their space. And see, I think I think that's that's a really that's a really good thing as we you know approach you know like um, the summer of 2011. And, you know we're in a new uh, decade, you know, and I, I think we're in a new time. Uh, it's you know a new age to where you know we need to become more integrated and diverse. You know, because I think a lot of times you know we we kind of became accustomed you know to being kind of divided. You know. So I really um, commend them and commend, commend you guys for thinking outside the box as far as that issue is concerned. Um, so as far as, okay, that's Saturday. So is there anything planned on Sunday that you would like the um, audience to know about? On Sunday, we're definitely going to have, we got to incorporate some plays into our event, our weekend of events. So we will be having church at Life Journey Church at 55th and Keystone Place. Um, not only will we nourish your soul, we're going to nourish the bodies as well because there's a pitch-in soul food dinner after the church service. So everybody's welcome to come out and praise with us and eat with us, and you can bring a dish, or if you don't have one to bring, come in and just nourish your soul and your body. And um, what time will this begin again? The church service starts at 11 a.m., so it's not too early. So if you go out and party the night before, you can still make it at 11. <laughs> All right, that's what we like to hear. Um, Beyonce, did you have any questions or any um, things that you want to bring up? No, at the moment. Um, at the mo- not at the moment. Okay. okay. Not at the moment. Okay. And well, also, I want so to mention for those um, that um, are interested in general, like. Um, if you would like to help out with um, with gay well, with the gay Indiana Black Pride like throughout the year, how can they contact you guys? And um, can you tell them about your different websites and if you have any um, um, pages on Facebook or anything? We do have we do have Facebook. Um, on our Facebook page, you can reach us at Indiana Black Pride in, Indiana Black Pride Space LGBT. That's our official Indiana Black Pride Facebook. Um, you can also hit us up on our website at uh, indianablackpride.org, or you can call our hotline number, which is 317-221-3606. Okay. 
there you can leave okay. a message and uh, let us know how you'd like to help. We're always looking for always looking for help. All right. Well, we have our um, another one of my co-hosts. He's on now. Um, area code 812-663. This is Michael, right? Yeah, that's me. All right. Welcome to the show. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you know we're talking to the vice president of um, Indiana Gay Black Pride. Did you have anything that you would like to ask or any um, issues you would like to bring up? Uh, just when I was, as I've been listening in, what's the official time on the actual festivities at the park for that? I don't think we mentioned that on the show tonight. Oh, well, the actual time will be getting started at 12 o'clock. And we're going to run in the park until 7 p.m. Um, our stage right. show will start at 4. Okay. All right. Now, as far as the vendors this year, um, are you um, at liberty to share with us what, what vendors you have or sponsors or people that have um, willing, willingly stepped up to the plate to support you guys this year? Well, we have an array of vendors from all different all different areas. Of course, we we brought IYG to the table, just to name a few. IYG and we've got a church that just came on board today. Uh, it's actually an apostolic church that's going to be at our pride event, um, and as well as a host of other vendors. I don't have a list right in front of me, but we definitely have a, a wide variety of, of things for people to see. Yeah, and I, and I will mention I've been to um, you know um, some, some Black Pride like you know different different festivals in the recent years and it's and it's steadily growing like every year I will say it's definitely growing. Um, like I said, I'm very proud to to uh, live in a city that actually has a Black Pride because you know a lot of cities don't have that you know they don't have that network within their city so. I'm very proud to um, live in a city that has that uh, type of festivity for, you know, that particular segment of the GLBT community. So that's commendable right there. Um, so here's another question I want to ask. With you being, you know, and I just want, to, want you to set the record straight, because I've heard this question before. As far as people that, that always I've heard this before, and I, you know, and I'm gonna tell you how I always respond. You know, they they tend to say, "Why do we have like a separate gay black pride? You know, why can't it just be incorporated with main pride? You know, and like well, I'm gonna tell you how I respond to that. I said, "Well, you look at, you know." To me, it's more of a cultural event, and it's it's no different than like you know the Bears having their own you know um, conventions and the different you know segments. It's good for us to kind of like you know have our own niche within the culture. You know, a lot of times they're overlooked as well. So, what are your thoughts on that? Like people that may have that question. Well, you know, we get asked that question so many times. Um, I mean, I can't even count the amount of times that someone has asked me that question. And it's and it's not hard to explain. Um, I look at it like, let's say you're in New York and you love Tribeca for the shopping and for the great, beautiful scenery and the lovely buildings and things that are beautiful there. And, but then you go over to Brooklyn and you get the street musicians, and you get the soul food restaurants, and you get a different flavor. That's what we want to. 
That's what we want to bring to the city, a different flavor, something that a, 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 an actual envision of what's going on in our community and who is in our community. And we invite everyone to come out to the Black Pride. It's not just for black people. We want every we want to celebrate Black Pride, and we want everyone to celebrate that pride with us. And I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people do tend to have that misconception about, you know, um, black pride. Like, it's only for, you know, black people. But really, it's like I said, it's a cultural event. We like to share our culture with everyone so they can see what's going on on the other side of the track and how we do things. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's, yeah. it's really a welcoming event. Like I said, I've been um, to some of the previous pride events. It's always a positive experience. You know, experience. It's always a really good, um, like a really close knit, like you know, a close knit event, and you feel like you're home. You feel like you're around. It's like a family reunion, I think. You know, and it's really yeah, good. Very much everybody like that. Come out. Like you know, it's really good to see everybody come out, get along, and kind of you know just share within the, you know partake in the festivities. So. Um, as far as numbers are concerned, are you guys um, aware of how many people that have attended um, um, your event in previous years or in, um, like, how, you know, like certain different cities that people come from, you know, to uh, partake in any of the Black Pride or anything like that? Well, we always have people from all over the Midwest, um, Last year, we had a young lady from the Bay Area, California, that actually came through and, and hung out and had a great time with us. We always have people from, of course, Louisville, Chicago, Detroit. I've got friends coming from Detroit this year as well. Um, and as far as numbers, you know, over the previous years, we've had uh, between 500 and 1,000 people, and we're expecting upwards of that this year as well. That's good. So looking forward to the future of Pride, um, um, Gay Black Pride here um, in Indianapolis, what are some of the plans or what are some of the um, visions that you guys have for upcoming years? And um, do you guys have like a, a – are you guys going to have a central location um, where you're going to have a, have it set permanently in the future or you guys haven't um, looked that far into the future yet? Well, as far are you speaking of like a like an office uh, like an office setting or something like that? Yeah, office. Yeah, office place or like a um, headquarters. Yeah, well, we haven't. We that is in our plan, but we haven't got that down just yet. We're trying to right. make sure that right. we have the the funding. It takes a lot of funding to have right. a, a headquarters and do that all year round. But for the future years, we're planning on bringing you much more cultural events, much more educational events. Um, many more, of course, parties, because that's what everybody loves, too, uh, and definitely right. be more included in the everyday lives of the people in our community. Right. Right. You know, and, and this, this is an idea that I have. Like, you know, I would think, I think that, um, I don't know if you guys already do this, but I think, you know, um, I guess uh, quarterly, like, community meetings or, like, even monthly meetings where you guys can, like, hold um different forums for people to come and discuss different um, issues that are taking place within our community. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have anything like that, but I think that would be a great, you know, a great idea. And I think it will definitely help you guys grow as an organization. 
Yes, I agree. And in previous years, we have done that. We haven't done that this year, um, but in previous years, we've had all of our meetings have been open to anyone to come and express their views and concerns and ideas for anything going on with the community. We always look for input from the community because how else can we be better and serve the community better if we don't know what the community wants. So um, this coming year, we, we will definitely have our calendar of meetings out and public for everyone to be able to come through, as well as some special town hall meetings. We need to get you on the board with some good ideas. Oh, of course. Of course, you know, I'm always willing to come on and help. Whatever you get, you know, guys need from my organization, I'm more than help, willing to help out. You know, like I said, I'm all about promoting the positive, so um, I have no problem with that. Um, and I have a few more quick questions, and I, I know I'm going to let you guys, I know you guys have a busy weekend. Um, so if people would like to donate to uh, this organization, how can they do so? Um, you can do so by going to our website, and we have our P.O. Box listed there. And if you'd like to make a donation, you can just send it right in to, to the P.O. Box there. And uh, we are 501c3 uh, status, so it's non-taxable, uh, and you can write out any donation on your taxes as well that you make to Indiana Black Pride. Or you could come out to our to our park event if you'd like to make a donation. We'll accept your donation there or at any of our events that we hold. All right. So is there any um, closing information you would like to um, inform the listeners of this evening? I would just like to remind everybody about the park Saturday, August 13th, um, and just Mention our headliner, Pierre Arpois, and reiterate the appearance of Mariah Balenciaga brought to us by Pride Star Entertainment. All right, now. I'm going to tell y'all now, y'all, you know, you come out, act like you got some sense now, you know. um, This is is going to be like a, is this typically a family-oriented event? Like, you know, I know like regular Pride is, I know a lot of people bring their families and stuff. So would you consider this to be kind of like on the same level where people, you know, tend to bring this, you know, bring children out, and, you know, the yes, we, and stuff like that? Yes, we always have. Every year we've had kids in the park, and we make sure that our stage show is a family-friendly show. We invite everyone to bring their entire families, bring your grill, bring your chairs, your tent, you know, and just come out and have a great time because it is a family-friendly event, and we make sure to enforce security at our event, so safety is not an issue, um, and it's good for the kids, you know, hey, if you're a, a gay parent or a person who who just wants to be there, this is a great spot for your kids. All right, well, thank you for coming on this evening, and we just want to, uh, again, we want to um, thank you for um, the service that you are um, rendering to the GLBT community. Um, once again, this is Jonathan um, Young, a.k.a. Tricky. Uh, he is the vice president of the Indiana Black Indiana Black Pride. Um, hope to see you guys out there this weekend. I know I'm supposed to uh, come out there Saturday and interview um, the actual president, Ms. Roslyn. So I'm really looking forward to meeting her and uh, meeting you in person. So um, I will definitely be out there, and I'll be um, – hitting up some of the little after parties and stuff this weekend. I'm I'm definitely hyped about it. I know um um 
my co-host, he's coming down there with me, and we're going to be doing some interviews and stuff like that. So we're definitely excited about it, and um, and we're hoping to see some great things this year and in the future. Yes, and we definitely, uh, the Indiana Black Pride, would like to thank you, Mr. Harris, for having us on your show and for promoting our events. Well, we no problem. Are very appreciative. Come on, you have an um, event that you want to um, get out there. Just let us know. Most definitely. And I want to say that your radio station is banging. While I was on hold, I was enjoying the music. Too. <laughs> you know, we got to keep it banging. Now, you know, you know, you got to, you got to get them hype. You know what I'm saying? But, but yeah, just, uh, yeah, just feel free to get in touch with us, and um, we'll be seeing you out there this weekend. All right, I'll see you there. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night. All right. Well, that was our special guest this evening. Um, Michael? Yes. You there? Yes, I'm here. Let's go to the line. Thank you for yeah, uh, this is J.R.C. Yeah. All right, we yeah, are man. here. Well, we're going to go to a quick song, and when we come back, this is, we're going to go to something very quick. It's not going to be anything long, just to kind of break things up. Um, we have a couple issues that I want to discuss, and I definitely want your input on them, J.R. I know you have I know you have something to say about them, so you have some crazy stories. So we're going to go through something very quick. Uh, we're come back. We're going to jump into our uh, topic. Uh, once again, if you would like to call in, you can call in at 646 I don't know what happened. I don't know she got dropped. So hopefully she'll call in. So...
All right, we are back, coming We are back on this Pride weekend. I know, I know, I know, Jr. I know you're straight, so I know this might be a little bit, you know. But you know, we have, we have, we're a diverse show, so we have to you know, anything positive going on in the community and to highlight it. So, you know, that's what we, that's what we do at the Urban Park. All right, now. such 
unimaginable tragedy. Here's hoping that they can find some peace that this is isolated tragedy and that Mississippi is not, in fact, bringing a new generation of sociopathic racists. So that was the end of that article. Um, what do you guys think about? Uh, well, you want me to go first on this one? Yeah, I, I want you to go first. All right, hold up a second. Let me take you off speaker so you can get my truck's feedback. Okay. All right. Well, All right, you know, I, 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 I travel a lot. And in my early days driving, I went through Mississippi a lot. As a matter of fact, I dated a lot of girls from the Jackson, Mississippi area. Ooh, and uh, my yeah. mm-hmm. Oh yeah, my, yeah, I'm very well known in that area. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just hope that you being well known, you don't got some little JRs running around you don't know about. Hey, my friend, it's like I've always told you. I'm afraid to go on more. The phone lines would go <laughs> off the hook if they ever saw my face on there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, I we're. With that being said, I'll say this about Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson, Mississippi mm-hmm. is a very racially divided city, you know, mm-hmm. as as are a lot of areas in Mississippi. Um, you know, it, it, with, with the way well, I haven't heard the story till now, you know, from, from what wow. you what you had read. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd say, I mean, in my own opinion, it doesn't shock me that something like that would happen in Jackson. And, you know, I, I have a problem with it, although technically they are teenagers, I have a problem with dressing them as teens because they're 18, they're legally considered adults, you mm-hmm. know, and they should be tried as such to the fullest extent of the law, you know. They, 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 there is no room in today's uh, society for 1960s prejudice, you know? Mm-hmm. No room whatsoever. Uh, we got much bigger problems to worry about than, you know, ignorance taking over. Um, right. If, if it was up to me, I'd put on the express line to the dang electric. But of All right. course, let, but, let me ask you a question, question real quick, and I'm gonna let you continue. Now, yeah, sure. this happened, and I'm gonna play the clip here in a minute, so you can get an even even bigger uh, picture of what happened. This happened in June. Now, let me tell you. Let me ask you this. Now, if this would have been reversed, if this was a black group of teenagers that beat up on one, do you think that this would have gained? media attention like right away do you think the outrage would have been greater um I, I, in Jackson no I, I really don't think so I'll, I'll explain so, why so you, so you would think so you would think that they would be they wouldn't be extremely outraged about a group of black teenagers beating up on a white a white man no no and, and I, like I said I'll explain why uh, it, the, 
poverty in Jackson is rampant. Okay. Now, with with that being said, a, a, and that that's all social classes, you know. But but ignorance is just as rampant. And Jackson's one of them cities that's trying to recover from you know everything that it did do wrong in its history. So, you know, it got a little break from Katrina, taking all the people in from New Orleans as shelters, you know, and all this and that. And people are, oh, okay, Jackson ain't so bad, which is why they're trying not to make this. The DA, if I remember right from what you read, the DA is trying to say that they're they're not trying to make this into like a hate crime issue. Uh, uh, He doesn't believe it was a racial issue. Am Am I correct in this? But the the family the family is saying this. It's not the DA. Oh, the saying family is saying the that. family that's trying to cover up, and the lawyers for them that yeah. trying to cover up. No, this okay. is going to be viewed as a hate crime. Yeah, because see, cause see, they they, they I, I know. Don't don't be surprised though. Do not be surprised if the city does not try this just as a murder. Instead of and not bring up any hate crime uh, charges onto it, simply because they don't want any bad publicity, you know. Uh, just don't, don't be surprised if that happens, you know. Um, but yeah, it, it, I, I think it would have gotten just as much publicity as it, it got now, you know. Be just simply, you know, it would have been like today. Okay, like, for example, uh, I used to deliver for Family Dollar, okay, years ago. And uh, as we, you know, as almost everybody knows, Family Dollars ain't necessarily known for being in Beverly Hills, you know? Uh, So, wait wait a minute, JR. Michael, can you hear? Yes. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. So, you know, Family Dollar ain't necessarily known for being in Beverly Hills. As a matter of fact, the Family Dollars I used to deliver to in Jackson and all the surrounding communities like Burrow, Mississippi, and all, which is in its northeast corner, you know, uh, it used to always have a little subclause on, on the Bill Layton stating, do not deliver after dark. In other words, you don't want to be in that neighborhood after dark, Okay. Um, they, it, as are a lot of areas like Baton Rouge, New Orleans, you know, a lot of them southern cities are like that. Same same with, like, Chicago, Detroit, you know, a lot of different neighborhoods. Hell, even in Indianapolis. Um, but, you know, one, one thing that you always did see every single day, if you listen to local news, was, you know, uh, three people found murdered in their home due to a break-in or, you know, I mean, the unsolved crimes in the South are rampant, you know, and it goes on both sides, you know. It goes on white on white, black on black, black on white, and white on black crime, you know. Um, and, and so, yeah, I would have gotten the same amount of publicity, but it's like I said, do not be surprised. Do they, I mean, if these guys were sitting there, and notice I'm not addressing them as teams because that that's a, that that was only thrown on there to get a little bit of pity, okay? Oh well, the, the teens you start thinking uh, teenager, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. You ain't thinking an eighteen year old, you know? 
Um, you know, they, they, they're sitting there doing all that to try to downgrade it. And don't be surprised if no hate crime charges get brought up. You say if none get brought up? If none get brought up. That if this was, case actually, that wouldn't hit. surprise me. That, that would not surprise me with that being down south. It would not surprise me. Well, it's like I said, you know, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, them are, in Arkansas, are the four poorest states in the nation, okay? Uh, they are trying to get businesses down there, and, you know, hate crimes would only deter their economy that much more. I mean, they don't make any money on tourism. Who sits there and says, hey, I want to go to Jackson, Mississippi for my vacation? You know what I'm saying? Sure. <laughs> so you you never say that. You know, you always want to go to Myrtle Beach or New York or Florida or California. Or if you want to do some good golf in Arizona, you know, or Indianapolis for the Indy 500. You know, that's a plug. Uh, <laughs> but, you know. You know, you don't you don't sit there and say, Oh, you know what'd be nice? Let's go to uh Natchez, Mississippi or you know, let's go to uh um you know, uh Little Rock, Arkansas. You don't do that. You know, it, it, people from them areas go to other places. You know, it, it, so yeah, they don't want anything that's gonna hurt their economies that much more. And any hate crime publicity would do that. You know, so, I mean, they want to stick to what they have. Right. But, yeah, don't get me wrong. Well, there is a lot of ignorance. Okay, I just want everybody let, let everybody know on the side, quick side note, Bianca's calling in shortly. So, you know, yeah, another thing that I've noticed, too, the biggest thing right off the bat now, legally, from a legal perspective, is these lawyers are going to fight like hell to keep these guys from getting charged with hate crimes because the lawyers aren't stupid. They know this is a done deal. They're going down for it. The lawyer knows that. But the lawyer also knows that if he gets hate crime, federal charges attached to it, he knows that this punishment is going to be a lot more stringent and a lot worse. So the lawyer... I'm reading that, that that came across my mind because um, they right now, if the federal government gets involved with this, and like you said, if federal charges are um, placed upon them, do you think that a possible death death um, sentence could be? Um, well, it could be handed down in for the either. Play? Yeah, the death sentence could be handed down for either version, whether it be the state's charges or the federal charges. But in the event that they don't give them life or the event that they don't, I'm sorry, the event that they don't, they if they manage to get them out of the death penalty, they know that pretty much the people aren't going to ever see the light of day with the federal well, statute. I was, well, in the clip that I'm going to play here in a few minutes, they were saying how um, – it's, it's not, yeah, they they're not, they they already know if they're going to get life. And I think one of the boys that actually that, um, actually ran over the gentleman, he is, they're thinking he might get two consecutive life sentences. Depending on the 
charge, yeah, I guess it it is could be possible, yeah. I hope they put him in the gas chamber. I mean, the myself. thing about it is, it's not it's the, the way that the evidence is right on camera, like the whole situation right on camera, everything seen and heard. So really, they're not getting out of this. You know, they're the, not getting out of this. If you give someone, depending on the penal system in the individual state, if you give them, let's say they give them fifty years. And in 25, the person could be up for parole or walk out the door scot-free. So, but if you start tacking federal issues onto this, then you're looking at different stuff where pretty much it doesn't matter. They ain't going to see the light of day ever again. And then so the lawyer, he's thinking two steps ahead going, okay, we've got to fight to get this federal charge off of here. So, All right. Um, we have Deontra back on air. Um um, DeAndre, we're talking about the, the, the young gentleman that beat up, uh, well, murdered the uh, the black man in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any comments on that? So we're gonna play the video here in a minute. So I'll just playing after the video. I'll be there playing the video. Okay. Well, we're gonna go through a quick clip. Well, actually, six minutes, but it'll go by quick. I think it's very informative, and I think you guys really think it could be. Um, I read the article, but I think you guys will get more out of the video. So we're gonna go through the video. We'll come back to the subject, and then we have another um, more lighter story that, but it's kind of serious. It took place in Alabama. So, like I said, this is not a night that we're gonna shed a positive light on the South, but hey, it is what it is. So we're going to go to this quick clip, and when we come back, um, we're going to discuss this. I'm going to get the audience opinion, and um, I'm going to get JR's and uh, Michael's opinion. He is just 18 years old, facing a possible double life sentence for the senseless murder of a man he never knew. Daryl Dedman is thin, short, with straggly blonde hair, accused of leading a group of white teenage revelers on a mission to find and beat up anyone who is black. They discussed, let's go get, I mean, let's be honest here, let's go get a nigger, right? That's exactly what, what it will show. Hines County District Attorney Robert Schuler Smith says the evidence and witness accounts tell a story of a crime that would seem to come right out of Mississippi's troubled past. On June 26, a group of white teens, seven in all, leaving an all-night party in the white middle-class enclave of Rankin County, Mississippi, in search of a black person to, quote, mess with. Out of hate. Out of hate. That's exactly no doubt in your mind, this was a racially motivated, hate-motivated, let's-go-kill-a-black-guy crime. Absolutely. There's no doubt. They were looking for a black victim to assault and even kill in this instance. They drove 16 miles on a freeway heading west. At 5 a.m. that Sunday morning, the teens in two vehicles took the Ellis Avenue off-ramp, leading to a predominantly black section of Jackson. Just as they were exiting, an unsuspecting 49-year-old auto worker named James Craig Anderson was standing by his car at this local motel, and he was black. So literally, they found the first 
black person they could find, and that black person was in this parking lot. Well, yes, this is the first business that you that you get to coming off of the highway, um, and so that was the first person that apparently was uh, was uh, out here and, and, and vulnerable. According to witness statements, at first James Craig Anderson was beaten and taunted with racial slurs. Surveillance video shows white teens going back and forth in what prosecutors say was a continuous beating of the victim. As one of the teens walks back to the cars after beating Anderson, he pumps his fist in the air and shouts, white power, according to a motel security guard. Then some of the teens got in the white SUV and drove away, leaving Anderson beaten and lying on the ground. Daryl Dedman apparently wasn't through. He had two girls in his truck as he was leaving this parking lot, a big F-250 pickup truck. James Craig Anderson, the man who was beaten almost to a pulp, was stumbling down this curb. That's when police say Daryl Dedman hit the gas, jumped the curb, and ran right over his victim, smashing him. What he didn't know was the entire episode was being caught on a surveillance camera on the corner of this hotel. This is what was caught on that tape, obtained exclusively by CNN. We warn you, it is disturbing. A video capturing what prosecutor Robert Shuler Smith says is pure racial hatred and murder. Here you see James Craig Anderson in a hotel parking lot as he first comes into view in the lower right corner of the screen. This is after he was beaten, according to law enforcement officials. He staggers into the headlights of Mr. Deadman's truck. The truck backs up and surges forward suddenly, running right over the defenseless man. Take a look again as the approaching headlights glow on Anderson's shirt, then disappears under the truck. According to police, Deadman, with two teenage girls as his passengers, drove to a local McDonald's meeting up with the rest of the group. There, according to witnesses interviewed by police, he said, I ran that nigger over. He was not uh, remorseful. He was um, laughing. Laughing about the, uh, the killing. Later that morning, James Craig Anderson's family learned their 49-year-old brother and son died in what they thought was a hit and run. Only later, when witness statements were taken, did they learn the real horror. Winston Thompson is the family's attorney. As the facts developed, it went from a bad situation to much, much, much worse. Uh, that this could, at that time, they were being told this could have possibly been a racially motivated killing. Now it appears there is no doubt. Still in shock, still in disbelief. Calls to Daryl Dedman's attorney have gone unanswered. During a bond hearing, that attorney told the court he saw nothing to back up the racial allegations. At Dedman's home, a girl who answered the door pretended not to know him. Though the pickup truck he allegedly used as a murder weapon sticks out of the family's garage. Police say they returned it after the vehicle was processed. A second teen, 18-year-old John Aaron Rice, has been charged with simple assault for his part in the beating. His attorney also did not return calls. Neither teen has entered a plea. The other teens in the group have not been charged. James Craig Anderson's family 
has decided to remain silent for now, trying to come to grips with a crime they thought was in Mississippi's past, the murder of a man just because he was black. Drew Griffin, CNN, Jackson, Mississippi. All right, we're back. Um, I know that was a long clip, but I, I wanted you guys to hear the detail, the gory details of this. Um, people, we have to realize, we, I don't care what no one says, we still have um, a problem with racism today. And I posted the, um, the comments today in, in our show. Um, I had a, um, someone reply. Um, I had a um, person reply to the show topic. Um, this is um, a comment from Kevin. Um, racism has become more egocentric. Everyone else, one set of rules and expectations, no responsibility for my life or the culpability of myself. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, after hearing that story, DeAndre, how, how do you feel? Do you feel that um, these teams, even the ones that were just inside the car, do you think they should be responsible? And how, how do you think the parents should be responding to this? Should they be, like, taken up for this behavior, or do you think they learned this behavior in the home? Well, They learned that behavior know, in the home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, racism is something that's learned. Go ahead, go ahead, DeAndre. Because how else would you would you be hating a black person like that if you wasn't taught to you in your home? It has to be. But you don't just all of a sudden wake up one day, oh, I'm racist. It had to be taught to you from somebody. Do you do you think that this was um, – do you, do you think that uh, they should charge them for a hate crime? Of course they should, should. yes. Because right. their motive was definitely to go kill some black person. You see, that's what makes it so sick. They had no regards for this person's life. They did not think of this as a human being. They did not think of this gentleman as a human being. They didn't think that this this was somebody's father. This was somebody's brother. This was somebody's family member. They didn't even take that into account. And I don't even want to hear the fact that they were teenagers because, first of all, boo-boo, let me tell you something. If you are old enough to drive and you old enough to consciously think out this Baby, you need to be tried as an adult. And, absolutely. You know, so my thing, yes. Uh, absolutely. You, you know, it's like, it's like she ended up saying there, racism something, racism, prejudice, you're not born with it. it you learn it from your surroundings. You know, um, they, these kids all need to be tried, every one of them. Even the girls that were in the car should be tried with that minimum of conspiracy to commit murder. Because, by God, they could have stopped it by calling the cops en route if they knew what the actions were going to be for that night. You know, I don't want to hear of any plea bargains on, on this case for anybody. They should all be tried as adults. You know, and hell, he, let's take it one step farther and dig in. You know, they should be digging into the backgrounds of these families to find out where they picked up this behavior. And for example, with with the family of the kid that ran, uh, uh, I'm sorry, please do excuse me. Uh, the family of the guy that ran this poor gentleman over, 
they, you know, they, they should be digging more into this family, finding out what their ties are. And if they got any more kids, why is the government not stepping in, taking them kids out of that household? And I'll take it a step further. They need to really research that family's background and research because who's who's to say that they they could be responsible for it? Like there could be other murders that are unsolved. Who who's to say that they didn't have anything to do with? It? Let me tell you this now: this was not the first time that they've done this. I, I guarantee you. No, no, no. This is not an isolated incident. It's not because they just happened to be caught on camera. That's the only reason they were brought to justice. Yeah, I guarantee you they've done this before. They they, they didn't just wake up that morning and say, you know what, I think I'm going to kill me, you know, somebody. You know, that kid looked at his cousin laying in bed next to him and said, how about it, honey, let's go do this. You know, this this is not an isolated incident. There's definitely a pattern. And the government needs to step in and find out what that pattern is. Well, I guarantee you there's unsolved mysteries right now over in, uh, you know, uh, Alabama. You know, they drove 50 mm-hmm. miles to do this. Yeah. They need to be at least right. researching unsolved crimes within a 70-mile radius in the same relation and seeing if there's any kind of, uh, you know, pattern that would match what they did here. And this is this is my thing right here. You know, and I don't care what nobody says. This is, we have to look at this issue for what it is. There is no reason that this this case should now just be getting out to the media this week. This happened at the end of June, and what is this, the middle of August now? And we're just Absolutely. Like I told you before, every time we have a situation, if we have a situation just like, you know, if, if and I, I just don't keep it real. You know me, I keep it real on the show, you know, whatever. People can take it how they want to. But if it had been a white teen, I don't care if it had been a white teen that was harassed or killed or murdered, that shit would have been on the air. It would have been nationally syndicated within, the, you know, the first 12 hours. I don't care what no one said. It, it would have been on there. This is something that we really need to look at, a serious issue at. For people that say that there's no, there's no racism that exists in this country today, you are fooling yourself. You really are. <coughs> and what's so sad yeah. and scary about it is these are young people. These aren't people yep. that grew up in the Jim Crow area. I mean, era. Yep. You know? That's yep. what makes this so troublesome because these are kids that are, I don't know, this is a new generation. That's, that's, that's what's just so troubling about it. Like that. Well, you, this is something that you think would happen back in the '60s. This is happening in 2011. Well, I, I will tell you this: they, in, in that news clip, it said that they drove 50 miles for this. 50 miles, a 50-mile radius from Jackson is nothing but backwoods country, with the exception of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Everything else is backwoods, backwoods. You know, towns of two, three hundred plus people. Where things like clan activity is still extremely active. I'm sorry, what did you, you say, know, Martin? I was just saying, was this 50 or 15 miles? 
I thought they said 50. Okay, I just I couldn't hear quite well. Yeah, yeah with the exception uh, of Mississippi, a relatively big city. Like so, wherever they came from, they came from you know I guess a place. I don't know. I think it could have been 15 because they said it was a suburb. Yeah, I, I could have sworn I heard 50. Yeah, I wasn't real, <clears throat> wasn't sure. But either way, still, you had to drive some to get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. They they took a drive to consciously do this. And, you know, everyone in the truck, uh, the SUV, knew what this guy's intentions was. At minimum, there should be, you know, the, the ones that did not participate in the beating, should be charged with conspiracy to assault and conspiracy to commit murder. You know, right. what, what, why is this not happening? It sure as hell would be happening if it was to, to be the other way around. You know, right. it absolutely right. would. Wow. Just very disturbing. Just a very disturbing case. Um, I, I really hope that the federal government gets involved with this. This is This is not something that should be swept under the rug. Um, this is not something that should be taken lightly. I mean, absolutely not. Most of the time, like when you see robbery, you see killing. There's a motive behind it. These kids had no motive behind this. I mean, there was nothing. There was nothing to gain from this. This was just like they killed this man for pure sport. It wasn't like they were robbing him to steal money from him. And I'm not saying if that's right, but I'm saying there was no motive behind this, and it's just it it's troublesome to yeah, know. It was, and what's even more troublesome? What, what's even more troublesome is you have other kids that were sitting in there and did not do anything. I said, you know what, them little young cores, I'm, I'm gonna call them young cores, little young bitches that were sitting in the car. Yeah, those Absolutely. those those young sluts that were sitting in the car, they need to go down because that's all you are. I said, I bet you they. Don't, I guarantee you, you bend over and you and you suck and do everything else they tell you to do, but you didn't want to say nothing out of that big and, sucker of yours when and, 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 they were doing the shit. And you know, mm-hmm. you know what the saddest thing of it all. I mean. As long as you've known me, brother, you know it takes a lot to outrage me, and I am—I'm I, beyond myself right now. I really am. You know, it, I mean, they, that's why I say they—they they need to be tried with conspiracy. That them girls, that they—they might not not participated in this, except but they knew, and they need to be tried as conspiracy to commit murder, which is a class C felony. You know, they, they, I, I would, I, I would be extremely outraged if they didn't. You know, yeah. it, it, I, I do not know. I, I can't explain why it's taken so long for the media to get this story. You know, I mean, that, that outrages me. Everything about this story is outraging me. You know, and but, but, but what yeah. troubles me more than anything is. It seems like young people today are completely desensitized to they, they they have no no moral compass. They're morally bankrupt. They they have they're desensitized to violence. 
they, they, they don't yep. have any morsel of compassion. They, 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 you know, it, it, it's like, what are we breeding? Are we breeding a, 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 a generation of hybrid, you know, human beings that don't have any kind of respect for life or anything else beyond that? Yeah, but you know, my brother, in the Bible, it does state that in the end times, you know, people people are going to draw further away from God and their souls are going to get, you know, they, they, they're going to have hardened souls, you know, they, they, and these are the kind of things that start happening. You know, I mean, I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching at all. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, I, I've, I, I, I I I have not seen some. I mean, I'm speechless. When am I ever speechless? Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen that too long, But I just, you know, I just wanted to bring that story up. You know, we're gonna keep following that story. And you know, it's just whatever. You know, I just I just pray for the family. It's, it's very Absolutely. sad that I pray for the family. Probably even scared to come out right now. You know, it, it's just very sad that you as a parent will sit there. And I, I know that you go, it, 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 it's an instinct to take for your child, but to sit there, like I said in that other article, to say that your child was the victim, talking about your child was the victim of reverse racism, how the hell can you be a victim of reverse racism when you were the one imposing it upon another individual? Uh, and it's, it, and it's clear yeah. it's because it's on it's on video. You can't deny that. You know, let let's let's go ahead and play devil's advocate for a mere second. Okay, just for a mere second. Let's say they are a victim of reverse racism. That still does not justify their actions one bit. It still does not justify the charges that they deserve to be getting pressed on them. Every last one of them. And unfortunately, there's going to be at least two people that are going to get off stop free. I guarantee you three people are going to end up getting a plea bargain agreement to avoid life imprisonment. You know, they'll, they'll use them to testify or something. Somewhere along the line, something's going to happen where three of them are going to get a lesser punishment, punishment than what they deserve. Oh, yeah, and, and they'll get out bragging. They'll probably get out and brag for why the book like wrong or to go around, you know, talking about, yeah, I did. You can I'll do it to any other, you know what. Uh, I, 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 I got to say, I, I'm I, I'm truly disgusted by, by this story. I... I I I I was not expecting this. <laughs> I'm not laughing at the I'm just like I was not expecting this. It really caught me, you know, caught me from left field here. And that that believe it or not, it's like I've always said, racism is alive and well. And you know, it, it, in that neck of the in that neck of the country. Oh, forget about it. Even I won't set foot in certain areas. Uh huh. I'm not going down south. I don't have nothing. I don't have anything to do with them. 
I just I have and I hate saying this, I have no respect for the South. I just don't. Absolutely not. And that's that that's my opinion. I just don't. Sorry. That now now don't get me wrong, you know, it, it, there's plenty of hard working people down there that law abiding people that uh, are seeing things in a new way. The old generations are dying away, but unfortunately that ten percent is always gonna be there. But but you know what? Still as as long as as it, you know what? There's gonna always be racism, and we'll we'll be absolutely pulling ourselves to think as long as there are differences in people, as long as there are people living up on this earth, there's going to be racism. It's it's not gonna die away. I mean, that's just that's just the mere reality of it. Yeah. It's a sad thing that it happens in this country. I mean, it happens all around the world. It truly does. Yeah. You know, in in Iraq, it it happens between tribes. One tribe doesn't like another tribe just because of where they're from, you know? Uh, It happens all over, you know, countries in Africa, like in the Congo. If your family is not from a certain creed, you know, you're looked as a peasant. You know, Liberia, same deal. And check this out. This is going to lead into our next story I want to bring up. Uh, There's obviously racism going on over in Great Britain. Yep. Did you hear about the riots that have been, um, that's taking place over there? Oh, yeah. I guess this guy by the last name of Dugan, he was um, brutally killed by the cops there. And I guess it's incited, like, um, I guess they've been having this issue of police brutality over there, too. And they mess with, um, you know, um, people that are of African descent or that are different or that are viewed upon as less than, you know. So there's racism going on over there, too. And apparently, um, this man, he was killed. He was the father of three or four kids. And they said that uh, right now, I guess there's no evidence, like no, no. I mean, well, there's evidence making the, you know, that makes the cops look more guiltier than him, because they said there was bullet found on the scene, but it matched the the gun of the cop. So it looks like they they fired at him. He didn't have a weapon. So I guess this like incited like a riot over there. People have been. You know, a peaceful protest, I mean, you, you know how it always is. Someone takes advantage of the situation, and people started looting. And what's so messed yeah. up about it is they're, they're looting, like, people within it's their mass, own communities. There's uh-huh. mass chaos over there right now. Yeah. Girl, let me tell you, boo, they said it got so bad that they were sitting up there stealing all kind of stuff. They said someone had the nerve to steal 20 packages of weed, honey. In Bengal, I mean, we got a problem. <laughs> Girl, they Girl, stole thank 20 you packages. for lightening the situation just a little bit. <laughs> Girl, they stole 20 packages of yakky hair. Girl, I'm trying to figure out whose hair are you doing right now. Everybody is protesting, honey. Whose hair are you doing? Guys, you should have been over here in the hood giving me a pack of that. 
Uh, they, and then they said somebody had another. They were doing like rice cakes and just stupid stuff. And you can well, tell with some young teenagers, huh? Well, at least you know that hair gonna be dead right, cause they done stole some hair, honey. I'd have been at the well, bank trying to get some money. And you know it was probably somebody black that stole that. You shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no wrong with it. <laughs> mm. Yo, you gonna be bootlegging some weed, bro? You know, honey, how much? How much you can get off one pack of hair? Ooh, it depends on what they got, honey. You know, they probably selling their good stuff over there, so, you know. Yeah, I might trap just... about the snack. You know, hair berry, that stuff, because that can go all the way up to $200, even more. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one person that ain't going to be buying it, they can't afford to buy it now, is Bishop at home. He ain't got no money to buy no weed. You know, <laughs> he, he can't get no lace front now. Well, if he, if he land a pipe, he might be able to get a down for free. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Honey, let me tell you, I got one, I got one more story that I want to bring to y'all. And this is crazy. I got to read y'all this story. It well, is. I don't know if it's this, kind of sad again. I don't know if it's. Nah, this this is crazy. This this is bad, but it's fun. This hey, is. Hello? Yeah, it's sad yeah. again. Really bad. We, we can't hardly hear you. Okay. They are, I'm going to have to put you on uh, mute because I think that's still no Yeah, that's no problem. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Is that better? Yeah. Yeah, much better. All right. Okay. I got to read y'all this story right here. Y'all going to crack up. I'm going to bring JR back into this because I want him to comment on this too. All right, this took place in Birmingham, Alabama. Another story that took place down south. All right, this is entitled Minister of Music Taser Pastor, Another Woman Stabbed During a Fight at Church. And this was written by Rhoda A. Pickett. Okay, this ain't funny. Okay, this is not funny. I can't laugh. <laughs> Somebody got stabbed. This ain't funny. Don't y'all be laughing. Don't y'all you be laughing. You ain't you my woman. <laughs> Girl, I don't want to hear a peep out of nobody because this is a serious story. Mm. Now, yeah, you know, this this could have happened at Bishop Eddie Long's church for all we know. Mm-hmm. So you got, you know, we, we can't laugh. All right. Uh, all right. Mobile County, Alabama. Mobile County Sheriff officials had issued two warrants for people after a pastor, pastor was tasered and a woman was stabbed during an altercation at New Welcome Baptist Church. Okay, New Welcome Baptist Church. You're supposed to feel welcome at this church. So, okay. Officials said today in a news release, sheriff deputies were called to a church in the 8600 block of Bow Road on Sunday regarding an insult, um, assault on the pastor's official said. The Reverend Daryl Riley, pastor of the church, told Simone Moore, the church's minister of music, that he was no longer needed in the position, authority said. Riley then handed Moore his final paycheck. Moore disagreed with the amount of the check, 
in an argument erupted, official said. More than tased, Riley with a taser gun, deputy said. Several church members were involved in the fight, including Angolia Moore, the music minister's mother, official said. Officials said that she was stabbed by one of the deacons identified as Harvey Hunt. All the members that participated in the fight were treated and released from a local hospital. A warrant for second-degree assault was assigned on Moore. Another warrant for third-degree assault was assigned for Hunt, officials said. Oh, Lord. All right, Michael. I got to get your opinion on this. What What do you feel about this? Well, they, it sounds like they were filled up with the spirit, but it was just the wrong kind of spirit. Girl, looks like somebody might have been taking a sip of um, some of that community spirit before they came in there. Yeah, they need to let uh, out wine before they get there. Girl, I said somebody would be hitting that communion cup a little hard. They got drunk off the wine in the spirit booth. Jeez, I. You know, and people wonder why in today's day and age there's not a lot of people going to church anymore. You know, because obviously the situation had to be deteriorating before this incident broke out. Right. And and I I guarantee you, we're not getting the full story. Oh, of course not. Because I I think that, like you said, I think there was some stuff leading up to this, and I think there was going on in this church because for a deacon to get up and stab the mother, that doesn't make sense. Right. Mm-mm. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I said, first of all, why would you be carrying a taser to the church yeah. anyway? <laughs> he already knew what he was to do. They've been sleeping around. <laughs> Girl, somebody been sleeping with somebody. That choir director said, uh-uh. You you supposed to say me for some extra. Okay, the choir director said you supposed to say me for some extra duty that we did. Mm-hmm. That's how they have a whole bunch of Jerry Springer mess. Girl, I said you know you know how them sissies get mad about their money, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I said somebody was doing a little hanky panky in the church office, mm-hmm. and, and somebody wasn't paying up. Girl, he didn't want the T to get out on him, girl. So what he did gave that man that final check. He said, uh uh-uh. uh. No. That, that was the extra <laughs> duties that were performed that don't nobody know about. And well, I mean, okay, I I mean as if it's not preposterous enough to think about why they got a taser in the church, but to take in another look at the other side. What in the hell are they doing with a knife in the church, too? Cutting that um, bread. You know, they got to give them that cheese and bread. Hell, they can buy the wipers prepackaged, wafers prepackaged. <laughs> Aaron, open a package of crackers, tear them open, and voila, served. Well, they're trying to serve some human up in there, whichever one. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. But you know what, that's not, that's not really funny, though, because it's really sad that where you can't go to church and you can't be in peace right. while you at church. That's not good. You mean tell me I'm going to have to walk through a metal detector when I walk up in church? I mean, I'll tell you this. When I, whenever, any time I've ever been to a church, 
I have always found it interesting to look at front row. And whatever you do, don't sit in the front row. Mm-mm. You mean tell me I'm going to have to have a, a vest on and I'm going to have to have some mace and a gun on my ankle? Well, probably wouldn't hurt, it sounds like. Girl, you know what? But you know what? I'm, y'all, y'all not going to believe me, but a lot of these churches, they have security. you got to think about this, y'all. And, like, all jokes aside, that's why I be telling people. That's why I preach this and I, and I tell people this. You cannot allow your children to run around the church buck wild because a lot of people are school, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm going to keep this real. You know, so I, I grew up in the church, and I'm ex church. I'm going to tell you, everybody that comes to church ain't saved. Everybody that comes to church ain't right. You cannot have your children running around the church, and, you know, unattended. You can't be having them go to the bathroom by themselves. You don't know what kind of freak. What kind of pedophile could be in your church and your child could get snatched up? Right? It's crazy to me because nowadays you think, in church, you would think in God's house, you would have all that going on in God's house. You know what I mean? You would think I when know, I'm in church, I should be able to be in peace. Like I said, when I go to church, I want to be in peace. I don't want to be. With the whole drama, I don't want to go from home and walk up into drama at church. Come on now. But Deandra, let me tell you, that's why people aren't going to church anymore because you're going to find more hell in the church. What's what's the chances of this happening outside of a church? Like seriously, where do you go and just see somebody? I mean, you you don't see crazy stuff on the street, but you're going to see that much screwed up stuff. Like seriously, in one setting, you're not gonna see that. It's like what is what is going on in the church now? Is everybody playing with the Lord? You know, are we playing with the word? I mean, I don't understand. Are we just there people just don't up take there God to entertain seriously. somebody? People, I'm telling you, people don't take God seriously, and they don't take they don't take His house seriously. They, well, they don't care. You look at Obviously, like this situation, that involved, you know, it all escalated over a pay situation. And you look at politics, it seems like the church has been downgraded to just a money-making issue. Yeah. But you know what? It always stems back to money. These people are greedy. And like I said, even if you, and I hate bringing this, keep bringing this name back up, Bishop Eddie Long, you saw how all that, it all centered on greed, it all centered on money. You know, and we're not even talking about the sexual aspect. That alone is crazy, but it's all about that money. These people don't care. The root they of all evilness. The root of all evil is money. You're right. Yeah. And for some reason, it seems like they've made a continuous effort out of doing this. In, but in churches today, I mean, a lot, most of them don't escalate into violence like this. Like that's the underlying theme. So, Gerald, what do you think about this story? Like, you know, we, we joked about it, but I don't know about What do you think about this particular story? Who are you Hello? Gerald? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you feel about, about that? I got disconnected, so I have about five minutes to go. I don't know. No problem. It's all right. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Let me get this straight. 
a pastor and the music director got into it. The music director's mom got involved and got stabbed by a deacon. Okay, make me read this. Yes. Did I hear that? Did I hear that correctly? That's the way I understood it. I heard it correctly. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I thought the pastor and the music director supposed to work hand in hand, honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get, I, who knows? Maybe somebody got busted, you know, digging their hands in the, in the kitty there, grabbing a little extra <laughs> money here and there, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I thought you were yeah. about to go somewhere else. Can see, check this out. A lot of them churches down there, now, a lot, a lot of them churches in Beeham are in very poor neighborhoods. So that would explain the stun guns and knives being taken to church. But, uh, you, you know what? I mean, I, this, this, this is way too out there. I mean, this is humorous. Um, that I, I, last thing I heard, you got you had gotten on the thing about kids running buck wild during the church and all. Man, I, I remember when I was a kid. <laughs> if I fell asleep during the summer, my mom used to sit there, my sister on one side of her, me on the other, with two sharpened knitting needles underneath her arms as she had her arms crossed. And the second one of us would start to fall asleep, we'd get jabbed with that knitting needle. You know, yeah, you, you had to be perfect little angels at church. I mean, if you're letting your kids run around like that at church, how do you let them act at your house? You know, they, well, my thing is, well, my, the point I was making was we can't allow, like I said, the church house, you got to think about it. The church house is like, a, like the hospital, and the hospital is full of sick people because they there yeah. to get made whole. And you cannot have your children running around the church because everybody at church ain't well. Everybody at church ain't saved. And you have predators that can come to church. You have people that can set your child up in church. So you can't come to church, you know, this ain't reading rainbow. You can't come to church like this is just like (laughs) Barney and Friends. This is not a good old-fashioned sing-along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, something just came to mind. I can't remember the comic that it was. I think it was Cedric. It was either Cedric or Steve Harvey. might have been Chris Rock. It was one of the three for sure, though. was talking about growing up, going to church, and how every church had the building fund. Uh, they always were raising money for the building fund, but never, ever did one doorknob get replaced in the church. <laughs> <laughs> Your enemy in church. Oh, honey. 
I think well, more people need to be fighting against the devil instead of each other, honey. The devil is what's well, destroying our communities, not your neighbor. Well, you know what? If you if you guys remember, it wasn't that long ago. I'm trying to I think it was in Texas uh, where they, Oklahoma, one of, one of the dang states there, where uh, this one cat walked into a church and, and with a pop-action shotgun just shot the preacher up and Shot, shot mm-hmm. up I do remember that. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You know, I get why people would start, especially if they live in bad areas, you know. But, right. uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, we're, we're living in a crazy, crazy world where accountability is no longer around. You know, no. it's, ne- it's never know. a person's fault. Not at all. Not at all. And, that's, and I think, um, okay, we're now officially streaming now, but, but I mean, it's 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 all it's never about accountability. It's it's always about who we can blame for our problems. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I really so, like I, the situation that we just talked about. I really question, for example, the integrity of the board and the people. That let that run the church supposed to be the governing body of it. What are they doing that let this situation get out of hand and escalate up into the events that brought it to what it was that day? You know, what was their methods? Where were they at? Why didn't they step in to actually ensure that the word of God is actually being carried out with integrity? Because the, the, a lot of these churches today ain't ain't about ain't about like I say the father's business. It yeah, is absolutely. It, it, it's not about the problem. Money business, to come but it's being Pretty much. Well, I I told you what happened to my mom's old church and the pastor, where you know they 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 were more worried about the politics within the church, and they wanted to be in charge of everything, and all of a sudden they were dipping into the money and. He he was shunned from the church. You know the the church fell apart, and when the larger hierarchy, you know the district hierarchy, started looking into the church, wondering why the numbers were down, you know they they started digging into books and found all this out. Yeah, he was shunned from the church. I bumped into the guy not that long ago. I mean, he is looking like death rolled over on him. Mm. That's one thing about it is you can't play with God, you know, you can't you can't do that. Absolutely not. You know that I mean seriously, I said you you, you can't you can't do that and think there's no consequences behind that. You know, that's 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 clear as day in the words. Who who was that Ananias and his wife in the Bible that God they just fell dead because they were they were playing with God's money. See, God will get you for doing stuff like that. You, you, you know, we'll, we'll go around and around. You can't sit there and be greedy like that. Think that you won't have any bad luck fall upon you. Yeah. You know, so like I said, you know, I, to me, a lot of these, these, these churches are going to have to take account of their behavior because, you know, these people are looking, and, you, when you, and I'm going to tell you one thing I've learned, one thing I've learned. You think people aren't watching you? 
you don't think you have people that admire you from a distance or that watch everything you do, you better think again. Because everybody, people are watching you. And if you aren't living your life to, you know, if, you don't, if you're not living with integrity, people will see that. And you never know, that could discourage a person. That could send them in a, in a, in a negative way. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I think we lost both our callers. Yeah. Are you still there? I'm here. Oh, okay. Well, I think we lost JR. I don't know if you're going to be able to get back on. But, yeah, I said you have to live your life in a way that people, you know, you don't know what people, 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 people are watching you. And especially mm-hmm. if you call yourself a Christian, you know, and, you know, and I'm starting to learn that, too. I mean, just in general, you got a lot of young people that look up to older people. You know, you got to mm-hmm. make sure you live in your life, your life in a positive way at all times. Yeah, because you have to, I mean, by even in the past, you have all those babies that sit in church and they when they watching you. You know, you're supposed to be setting an example. Mm-hmm. When they see you acting a fool and running all over the church like that, they don't think that's the thing to do. And see, that's exactly why I just, I don't, you know, I think a lot of people that, especially these pastors that take that role, I don't think they realize the the significance behind that position. And I think a lot of um, people take on that position, even as just a regular old minister, they, they just get the money aspect. It really is more than, than a, you know, about the money. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't take that job seriously. And that's why, you know, you have a lot of these preachers that get in there, they let that power get to their head, you know, and, you know, that money and everything else, and it's not about the people anymore. Yeah. And they end up ruining people's lives over that. And then they forget they're ruining their own life too because that's their livelihood. You know, at the end of the day, that's your bread and water, too. Right. Like I said, boy, people just need to be about their money and be about their business and quit doing stupid stuff. Especially when you're talking about the Lord anyway. Right. It makes you wonder for a lot of these people to even get into the church to be a minister in the first place. You know, if they lost so much of the sight of the reason that they were there, you know, it makes you wonder why they get into it at all. You know, I know this is taking it, you know, uh, somewhere else, but, you know, it definitely be really pissing me off when they be, when a lot of times be so focused up on what it, what gay people are doing. But look at what y'all are doing in, in a church. And you you think that's mm. what I'm seeing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I guess that's the are. ultimate. I thought. I, I guess. I guess being gay. That's the ultimate sin, boy. I tell you, that that must be like right? you must be like that. Has to be just the world. biggest sin ever. You know, you can't do nothing else. Like ain't no sin. Ain't no sin bigger than that one. That's fine. Well, I have learned yeah, one I thing in life. You know, sleep around and cheat on their wives. And have kids like you know outside their marriage, and you know, and still from the church, 
and you know do this, that, and the other. But that's that's acceptable though. Well, mm-hmm. I it's find okay. it's okay. I'm go ahead, Michael. Sorry. Go ahead, Deonda. But it's okay for the pastor to go sleep around with men. Mm. You know, it's okay for him to do that and then get up and get up on Sunday morning, get up on the next Sunday and preach to y'all again. But he lived and in a double sleep life. with him in your office. Hmm? Or, or not even on that, or the pastor can have a whole bunch of stuff going on with the deacon. He bringing guns up in here or tasers or whatever. And he, you know, there's a whole bunch of nonsense going on in the church with you. It's 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 right. Seriously, it's, that thing is, you got people out here dying. You got people out here starving. You got you got you got work out here to do, and y'all want to sit up in here playing around. I said we living in some we in some serious times. We living in times that we can't be up in here playing, and that's why people ain't got no respect for the church. I said y'all out here, y'all sitting behind these sitting in these four walls arguing and bickering over nothing. Y'all come y'all. Y'all getting your nicest clothes. You drive down your streets. You walk up in in the church, and you you have this pompous attitude, like you holier than now. And you got people, right? And you got people on the streets dying. People on drugs. Children are here hungry. You know, people out here they ain't heard the word of God, but see y'all sitting up here in this church. You know, wondering. It's it's crazy. What happened to the old churches that you can give back to the community? Huh? You know what happened to them churches where you can go, you can go to church, and they gave back to the community. You know, they had the, you know, you can come on in. You know, they even had, like, the picnics where, you know, they welcome everybody to the church. You know, they just had this big old praying moment. You know, I I miss them days, to be quite honest, where I can just... It was, that was, I guess that was my younger days. It, that was the, the days. But what killed me about these charges, it's just all about, you know, them building these big old elaborate buildings, you know, and they want you to give this money and stuff like that. It, it, and, and it's just a joke. It's just, it's just, I don't know. I question the integrity of any of those churches that become mega churches. Because once I think you get so big to a certain point, you can't help but wonder about what's the ulterior goal. You don't have any intimacy in those churches. And a lot of these churches right. have the nerve. A lot of these mega churches, they want to get so big that they, they have like satellite churches on in addition to the mega church that they already have. Yeah. I've heard instances where people go to this satellite church and sit there and watch on a giant screen the service from another church projected over there. If I wanted to see that, I'd go to a damn movie theater. If I've come to a church, I want to have someone, you know, you want to see somebody that can minister to you. That 200 or a million dollar a year pastor, he, ain't, he don't know who you are. He ain't going to come down there in the pulpit and help you out. Especially if your family die, you think he's going to be your funeral now? Exactly. And the thing about it is, honey, if I'm gonna watch, if I'm gonna watch church on TV, I can stay at home in the comfort of my home and do that. And that mega pastor comes to your funeral to do your funeral. You can tell one thing has happened: you left millions of dollars to the church. Right? You were you mm-hmm. a big spender. You was one of them big people that's writing one of them big checks. Mm-hmm. That's only how he knows you. Yeah, he'll be like, I'll come to there personally. He paid me good. 
Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's why I'd rather go. That's why I'd rather go to Fish Fry Baskets, honey. Yeah, give me a small. I always thought. Penny. I always thought money was the root to all evilness. But now it's how oh, it's, it's got so much power now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got these pastors. They got these pastors doing big things. Yeah. Like, there's these plenty of these mega churches. How about that? That are funneling uh, over into political organizations, you know, a lot of people need to pay attention to what's going on in their church because if their mega church that they might be quite happy attending is funding political agendas, do they agree with what's going on or do they even know about it? No. I, I guarantee you they don't. Because most yeah. of them will tell you why. Because a lot of these people, they're so brainwashed. You know, and and they're so they're they're overly trusting of their of their pastor or the parishioners of the church that they don't want to they don't ask any questions. They've been so brainwashed and hoodwinked that they think that uh, you don't question the man of God, and you don't you don't put your mouth on the man of God, and you don't you, you don't speak evil of the man of God. And see, a lot of these preachers know that people have that mindset, and that's why they get away. Was doing the things that they do. That's why you see misappropriation of funds. That's why you see, uh, or even worse, when I look at the Catholic Church. Oh Lord! Don't question the priest. Ooh, okay. What about your altar boys? Mm. (laughs) Well, honey, they couldn't stay up off their knees. I tell you that. Why them suits always wrinkling the knees? That's why they got these lawsuits now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Why them soup always wrinkling the meat part I burnt up. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, this ain't no bash against Catholics. I just I don't agree with that religion. I right, and I don't yeah, I'm just, you know, pointing out many different religions. We're being equal opportunity offenders here. <laughs> yeah, we just we, you know we, what, basically what, what you're doing is letting them know is that one sin is not greater than the other. Yeah. One thing about us, we equal opportunity insult is we gonna insult everybody. Yeah. <laughs> we gonna come down your avenue sooner or later. You <laughs> <laughs> coming on down there. We'll be there soon. I okay. said we ain't came down your street yet. Just keep listening. Because <laughs> I mean, because seriously, I, I mean, like today, like I just today, religion is just such a turnoff to me. And I think that's the way it is slowly becoming to a lot of the general populace. You know, even for those of us so that are It's just so tainted, like it's not pure anymore. It's so tainted with man-made, you know, traditions and customs. And, you know, it's starting to lose its um, its power, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. But like I said, I think it's a darn shame when you gotta go to church and you, you gotta see somebody get tased by a taser gun. That that's that's I ain't never heard of that. I ain't never heard it. I probably wouldn't go back to that church if I seen that happening. I'd be like, Okay, this is a little too much. I said, honey, that's one of them charges you go get you a bucket of um popcorn. And you sit back and watch, girl. You be like, you want to go watch the boxing fight today? It's going to be at the church. Call, welcome, come on in. 
Girl, they had nerve to call themselves Welcome Baptist Church. They need to be ashamed of themselves. They ain't no welcome there. Mm, it's welcome if you want to come in and cage fight. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't got the Sunday night main event, but they got the Sunday morning main event. Exactly. It's true. You can catch it early in the morning. No reruns or nothing. Right. Everybody pay, you know. Pay per view, honey. You go around. They pass mm-hmm. their collection plate around. Nineteen ninety five. Things to pay per view. You can watch on the big screen. Hey, you know what's so crazy now? A lot of these churches got the nerve to have ATM machines in them now. And girl, I heard that's Shut a church in Girl, let me tell you, I heard that's a church in Indianapolis. Y'all gonna fall out when I tell you this. Now, not only do they got an ATM machine, boo. But they got a personal ATM machine. They said you ain't got no money. Oh, okay. You ain't got no cash. Okay, we we'll bring the um the the portable um ATM thing right over here to you, so you can just swipe your card right in this machine, boo. No. We got Girl, I'm telling you, somebody told me they went to this church here in Indianapolis. They said, oh, you ain't got no cash. Oh, you got a bank card. Okay, we'll bring that right on over here. This little portable. Stick your card in. Boop, boop. Pour it out. So then, what you telling me next? You're gonna have an old chaser sitting up in the bank. Girl, they got they got a bank machine like them machines you see at the club, girl. They got that. So they gonna have a bank in there pretty soon. <laughs> well, you know, just you the point. You can cash your first money up in the uh, church house. Girl, if you can put your damn welfare check, EBT, <laughs> uh, everything. Yo, we'll fill up the cupboard with your EBT. You know, you laugh, but <laughs> one of the gr- largest global uh, churches that's on just about every continent of the world is also known as a big bank. Hell, that is crazy. Oh, take a guess. First Baptist huh? Church, but the First Bank of America. A Vatican Bank. You lying. No, I'm not kidding. The Vatican is also a bank. Look it up. I, I kid you not. Yeah, I mean, I'm not joking. I, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They got to wire all that money and deal with all that money. You know, they, they worldwide, boo. Mm-hmm. I, I want to know this church that got this ATM up in it. Lord have mercy. But, and, you I know, did. if you think about it, and I'm, again, to make it clear, I'm not picking on the Catholics. How many of those mega churches are that as well? You know they are. Girl, they, they in their own bank. Yeah, you know I they can be. You, you know they probably church, are. They run like a business, honey. You could have the degree to work at some of these churches. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's mm. like a financial institution that they ain't playing with well, their money. Be your, let me be your accountant then. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I heard something along these lines about churches and the money, and they have the thing called, like, Tithe Tracker, where you can uh, register what it is, however much. You give them your Social Security number and all this, and every time you donate, you put a little card in there with your money, and they tally up at the end of the year and get you a printout for your taxes so you can write off what you've donated. Mm. Now, I am all for 
being able to take charitable contributions off of your taxes. I'm all for that. However, yeah, the Lord bless you, honey. However, I have a serious problem. I never in my life, of all the, and I was raised in the church. My family and me never once ever looked at trying to write off on our taxes money donated to the church. Never once. I'm gonna get this church a hundred dollars. I'm gonna write it off on my taxes, honey. I know I write it, honey. I write it off on mine. Hmm. But and I'm thinking if that's you know, wow. I mean that's. I just it blew my mind when I heard about it. I'm like, really? They do that nowadays? Uh, it took me by a great surprise. You put ten percent of your offering, baby. You got to put ten percent on your damn taxes. Hmm. I don't know. I guess that's another option. Let me say it's another charge in Indianapolis where they had like you gotta you gotta show them your financial statements. You gotta show them how much you make a year in order to go to that charge. <laughs> Who the hell got in? Who the hell got in? Jay Z Beyonce. If you have to show a church your financial statement just to be able to get in the uh, become a member, has anybody not realized that there's something wrong with that? But you know what? I'm gonna tell you this now. That's a church I've seen on YouTube. And um, I wish we, I knew we were talking about this today because I would have brought this on air. But they, this man got on there talking about, I'm going to tell you all this now. If you ain't tithing, you wasting your time, and you wasting the church's time, don't come back. Mm-mm. He told them people, if you ain't tithing, I said, you a butcher. I said, everybody else carrying this church, and you don't need to come back. What the I said, he said, show me the money. It's all about the money. He sure did say it. I'm not lying. Ooh, out of my face and show him the money. Hell no. Nah. Uh-uh. He, he said, show me the money. Everybody's sitting out the audience like damn robots clapped. Wow. Are you serious? He must have put some voodoo on them or something. I'm going to the first one. I'm going to find that clip on YouTube and I'm going to play it on the next show. You know, in, it's specifically put in the Bible about Jesus throwing the money changers out of the temple. Well, uh, come on. <laughs> you know, what would Jesus do? He'd be throwing somebody's ass out. What the hell he'd be doing? He wouldn't be turning them tables. I don't know if he just said some shit over. like that. I'd have been walking up out of there talking about some show me the money. I'll show you a black eye and the ass woman. That's what I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I done showed you. <laughs> what the heck? Are you for real? He Come on, said, man. Show, show me the money. Yeah. Have anybody showed you an ass? It wasn't a brother either. It wasn't a brother either, honey. It wasn't. Oh, Lord. I'll tell you that. I said, honey, I said, I'll tell you what. I said, um, he's, he's, and you sitting up here with them suits on, them Almani suits on. I said, they've showing you the money. Them broke killers. You got them roach killers on and on my money suits. I guess you can say show you the money. But, honey, and let me tell you, I'm going to be real with it. If it becomes between me eating 
and me put money in your damn collection plate so you can drive your Mercedes man's boo, I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look Sorry. at your collection plate and say, if I ain't got no money, you keep on passing around me. Something gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be some cotton offers in DeAndre's pocket now. I done told you about this collection plate. I'm broke too. It ain't the first of the month. Boo, don't play with me. <laughs> Make sure you won't have no money. I'm gonna be calling the Y'all tell me no. I'm a, yeah, I'm gonna say yes when I come back to that church and take me a couple dollars out that plate. I, I'm gonna look at it like this: I contributed in the past, and the Bible says, "Give and you shall receive." Right. I'm gonna receive some funds food. from that plate. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm coming at it, I'm expecting to eat for free too. Then if I'm putting some money in your collection plate, you better have me some chicken when I get there <laughs> at the church. It's over with. Girl, this will kill me about these people at this church. They want to have these these church dinners. They want to call themselves feeding the church. Girl, you get a little uh, a tad bit of greens, a spoonful of greens. Nothing they give you one of them spoonfuls, like an ice cream scoop or spoonful. You better get the hell out of here. I ain't playing with you. <laughs> Guys, I now, girl, how about course, the but I'm going to have to I'm jump off. Huh? I hate to cut it short, but I'm going to have to jump off of here. I'm getting okay. called by a friend to do some computer work, so I have to go run and help with that. But uh, I will. Great, great. Thanks for having me on, as always, and hope to catch up with you two again soon. All right. All right. Uh, thank you. Mhm. Bye. The girl, she's fine. Uh, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Mm-mm. I said, shoot. I, these charges are ridiculous. You gotta try to pull up. A scoop full of dressing and some great. What the hell are you feeding? That's what I'm feeding half of my stomach. Are you serious? Uh-huh. I'm feeding my little baby down plate. What the hell? Girl, I ain't trying to put nobody on blast. Just like this church, my church I go to, they just throw that mess on the plate. This woman, she just she just take your stuff and just throw it on the plate and just smash it. It'd be all uneven and... It's just messy. Oh, I've been praying on my plate before I uh, eat it. Yeah, me messed up, hooker. She said, what you want? See, we getting mad at What you want? What you want? Come on, now. Come on. I said, what's your attitude for, boo-boo? Girl, she be having them gloves on. She just take your chill. You know how you, you're supposed to fix somebody's plate. You're supposed to do it elegantly. She just snatched that chicken up, throw some dressing on the plate, just, just, just. Mash the chicken wing on top of the damn dressing and send it on down the line. Shut the front door. I said, you old girl. You let old me tell you, you about. The, let me tell you about this situation. I think I told you about this at one time. About that time I paid um four dollars at church mm-hmm. uh, for a spaghetti dinner, and I looked at that. She gonna put some little bit on my plate. Okay, first of all, you give these people more, <laughs> and I looked at what you put on my plate, and I looked at this, and I said, um, "Can I get a little bit more? I am paying for this." And I said it nicely at first. She looked at me crazy. I said, "Can I get some more on my plate?" Okay, because girl, I was about to read her. I said, mm-hmm. first of all. 
I can't complain if it was for free. But we paying for this. And I'm trying to support y'all little Rinky Dink Foundation. You're going to mm-hmm. put some more on my plates, boo. Girl, I don't care if it was one dollar. I said you you ain't you gonna give me what everybody else got. Right, you give me no damn. I'm sorry, I'm gonna keep it. You ain't about to give me no damn whatever you think you want to give me. I want to some dollars. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not about to by give her. Her ass be mad too. Her big ass be mad too. Somebody gave her a little scoop of um, something. She, she ain't worried. Yeah, she'll be mad, but she ain't worried because she know I ain't got her back there. Put up under the little Girl, that's what they thing. do. Girl, let me tell you about the first picnic we had. Them niggas fried all that chicken, and that chicken disappeared. Now, I know somebody was taking some pans of food home. And see, that's what's wrong with black people. They they, 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 they greedy when it comes to food. People going back for three or four times, plates and packing plates out. I said, this is supposed to be a church picnic. Everybody's supposed to be socializing, having a good time. Y'all niggas trying to be greedy and pack plates and bring Tupperware and, you- and bowls and stuff.